Alright, so we're learning Daf Memhei. And we're actually right in the middle of a question. What's the question? The question is that we have two possible drushas from the word Mishras. Mishras that's used by Nazir. Something, some great product infusing something else with something. Not sure exactly what the case is. One drasha that the Rabbanon make is Tom Kaker. Tom Kaker, that let's say I had some water which was infused with taste with grapes, then the water becomes all usher for the Nazareth to drink. That's the din of Tom Kaker. And the Rabbanon said that that's the source for Tom Kaker in Kol HaTorah Kula. We apply that to everywhere. Whereas Rabbi Akiva uses Mishras for a principle of Heter Mitzvah Placer. The reason Rabbi Akiva did that, he already knew Tom Kaker from the din of Kashring Pots. So he used Mishras for the din of Heter Mitzvah Placer, that if someone, let's say, ate some bread together with wine, and together the amount was a kazais between the two, you're chayef. However, Rabbi Akiva didn't apply that to Kol Kula. Rabbi Akiva said, let's keep that local only to Nazir, and not make the general rule in the Torah. So the more trying to figure out why the Rabbanon, if they learned Tom Kaker, could apply it to everywhere else in the Torah. Rabbi Akiva, who's learning Hatem Mitzvah Placer, he says that it only stays by Nazir and it doesn't go to anywhere else. So we're at the top of Daf Hey, So Amar Lei, Mishum Zabi Nazir V'chatzor Shnei Ksuvah V'bon Ke'echad V'l'im V'lam Din. Rabbi Akiva felt that the Din of Hatem Mitzvah Placer, the reason he didn't learn it to call it Torah Kula is because there's another place in the Torah where it says it, and that's always the big rule. If there's two places where it says something in the Torah, then it t- teaches us that it only applies here and nowhere else. Because if it was meant to be learned to everywhere else, why did the Torah have to tell us a second time? Must be the Torah is coming to tell us only here and nowhere else. What is this other place? Nazir had the Amran Chatas Mahi. We said Nazir, fine, we got the Mishras, but what's this Chatas business of Hatim and Sarfal Isra somewhere else in the Torah? The Tanya says in the Brahsar Kolashir, Yiga Bibisara Yiktash. It says in Parsha Sav, anything which will touch, make contact with the meat of a Chatas will become sanctified. So Yalcha Filobala, maybe with just like a din of contact, let's say like another piece of meat touches a meat touches a piece of meat from a chatas it just becomes holy like a chatas without any uh, absorptions or anything just contact it becomes it's yiga it's touching within its meat what does it mean within its meat there has to be some sort of absorption and that's showing us that there's actual um, transfer between the one piece of meat and another piece of meat and what happens when that happens yiktash it becomes sanctified it takes on the status of the piece of meat of the chatas let's say the chatas was disqualified for whatever reason. Let's say it was uh, not kosher chatos. So let's say, I don't know, the Kohen had thought a wrong thought. The Kohen had messed up during it. He, T-Puzzle, in that case, that the other piece of meat that also absorbs from it would also become puzzle. Let's say it was kosher. So meaning, let's say I have two kosher karmanas which touch each other. Let's say one piece of shlamim touches a piece of a chatos. So if a chatas is going to touch a shlamim, so we say that you have to eat the shlamim with the severity of a chatas. Just as a chatas has to be eaten, let's say, only for one day and one night, so the shlamim, which would absorb from the chatas, could also only be eaten for one day and one night. In other words, we say that the one, basically the status of the chatas impacts the shlamim. If the chatas was puzzle, then the piece which touches and absorbs from it is also puzzle. If, if they were both kasher, then it just takes on the elevated status of the chatas that uh, it can only be eaten with the more severe laws of chatas in certain holy places and certain shorter time frame, so on and so forth. So, so in the case where it was possible, that's what it's saying. If it was possible, tea possible, then it becomes disqualified as well. Right. But if it was kosher, then the law is just that it's eaten with the more severe dinim that the chatas has. So for example, it could only be eaten in the, in the Azara, it could only be eaten for a shorter time frame. That's kosher, that's the meat. It has to be whole. Why? You have a piece of meat from a carbon chatas, right? A piece of meat sitting there waiting for a coin to eat. And then another piece of shlamim comes and they mix together. Let's say they were cooked together in a pot. 
or they were stuck one another and the, and the juices went from one to another. So therefore, this is a drasha, that the status of the piece of meat which touches, which touches the meat of the chatos takes on the status of the chatos. So, what is the case? This is the big, the big, big mystery. Rabbi Akiva seems to be interpreting this case of Hetamitzarflitz, or how is it Hetamitzarflitz? So let's just say it's actually going to be putting together Tom Kicker and Hetamitzarflitz, so it's going to be a little bit wild. But we're going to assume that, let's say, a little bit of flavor from the Chatas went in to the Shlomit. Okay? So let's say a half a kazayas of the Shlomit, let's say, is now impacted. It has the flavor of the Chatas. And now you're going to eat a kazayas of the Shlomit together that was not affected together with the half kazayas that was affected. So let's say you had one piece, piece of meat, which was a chatas, which was puzzle, and uh, it, it was next to a piece of shlamim. Half a kazayas of the shlamim got affected in its taste from the chatas, and half a kazayas did not. And now I eat a whole kazayas of that shlamim. So we're going to say, the iser part, the part that was affected, will be mitzarev together with the permissible part, which was not affected. And if you eat them, you're going to be chayev. So this is actually another illustration in the Torah of hetar mitzarev l'iser. That's what's interesting. It's not so clear how we know the case to be that way. Maybe the case is that, like, you know, a full, uh, a, a full kazayas of, of, of the shlamim was impacted by its time. How do we know particularly from this case that didn't have hetar mitzarev l'iser? It's not that clear in the actual text of the Pasuk or anything that we're talking about such a case. But Rabbi Akiva doesn't Interpret it that way, and he gets therefore a second place in the Torah where Hatar is, is Mistarflaser. So it becomes it becomes a din of Shneik Suma Bonkach and Imalamdin, and therefore Hatar Mistarflaser is not a general rule. So the Gemara says, Rabbanan Nami Avnosvachatar Shneik Suma Bonkach and Imalamdin. So now the Gemara says like this: What did the Rabbanan? Why were they different? Remember, the Rabbanan used Mishras to say Tam Keikar. They apply it to Kola Tarakula. Ah, why don't you say it's Shneik Suma Bonkach and we should assume it's Chatos also tells me Tam Keikar Shneik Suma Bonkach and Imalamdin. Now. Here's the same point, which isn't that clear. Here, the Gemara is assuming that the Rabbanon are going to learn from Chatas, Tam Keiker, not Hetemistarif Laser. It's not entirely clear. It's not entirely clear why the Rabbanon are going to say that. Why would the Rabbanon be saying that we're going to learn from that we're going to learn from Chatas Tam Keiker and it will be Shnei Suamagachanimalamdin? Maybe the case is that it only got absorbed into half a kazayas and you're eating a whole kazayas and had to miss But the Gemara at this point is assuming that the Rabbanon who learn from Mishra's Tam Keiker, the Rabbanon are going to learn from Chatas Tam Keiker. That's what the Gemara seems to be assuming. So I should be adding Balamdin. So Vaiter, how are we going to say? How are we going to say that Mishras teaches us Tam Keikar for the whole Torah? So the Gemara answers Amri Hani Mitzvah Tzirichi. No, it's not Sheikh Suman Kachad. It's necessary for the Torah to write Nazar and Chatas. The way Shnei Suman Kachad in Malamdin works is that if the Torah wrote it unnecessarily, it tells me not to apply it to Kol Torah Kula. But the Gemara says no, Nazar and Chatas were actually necessary, and the Gemara will tell us in a second why the Rabbanon felt that they were necessary. The Gemara says back, Rabbi Kiva Matsrichi, no, they're not both necessary. I understand if it only said Chatas, you wouldn't learn Nazir from it. You can't derive laws that are in ordinary halachos from laws of Kachim. So just because in Kachim I see had some Mustafa Isra, I wouldn't know it to call it Tarakula. That's why the Torah had to say it by Nazir. But the one by, the, the, the one by, um, the one by Chathas is extra. The Torah could have just written it by Nazir. And if you want to write it by Nazir, Chathas now is superfluous. You could learn every other is in the Torah from Nazir. So why would Chathas be any worse? So Rabbi Akiva is saying that because Nazir could teach me to everywhere. So therefore, Kachim is an extra Pasuk. If Kachim is an extra Pasuk, and therefore we end up that is not Bechala Torah Kula. How do the Rabbanon respond? So now finally we, we get how the Rabbanon's response. 
because Rabbanan again learned from Mishra's Tam Ke'ikr. So why isn't why isn't it becoming Sheikhsu Amachad Emalamdin from Khatas? Rabbanan Amalacham Mitzrach Srihi. Khatas, Lahatim Starful Isser. Now the Gemara finally switches. The Gemara wakes up to this point. That the Rabbanan concede that by Khatas the din is Hatim Starful Isser. And that we don't learn to anywhere else because Kulun Mikash from Logamar. We don't learn Kulun from Kachim. Mishras was Litain Tam Ke'ikr. And therefore it comes out there's no Sheikhsu Amachad Emalamdin because Tam Ke'ikr was by Mishras. Chatos taught me Hatim and Starfle Isser. So there's no two places anywhere in the Torah where it said Tom Kicker. There's only one place in the Torah where it said it. Mishras. And the din of Hatim and Starfle Isser that it said by Chatos, that I don't apply to Kol Kula because Hulin Mikachim Logam Rinan. So it ends up a very interesting thing. Chatos is the one place where we see Hatim and Starfle Isser. I leave that to Kachim. Tom Kicker told that to me one place in the Torah Nazir. So I apply it to Kol Kula. Like Rabbi Akiva, Tom Kicker was known from Kashring Pots. Mishras told me Hatim Estarif Leiser. I get the Chatas. I see Hatim Estarif Leiser again. Ah, and the Gemara, the Gemara speaks it out. Rabbi Akiva, Travaila, Hatim Estarif Leiser. Both of the Pesukim are coming to say Hatim Estarif Leiser. Both Mishras and. So I know it sounds like a little bit of a complicated cheshman, but it's actually, it's actually not so bad. It's a very simple point. The din by chatas is that the Torah says Hatim is It comes out in the Gemara, everybody agrees to that. So now, what does that tell me? So the Rabbonin say, all right, I found a random halacha Hatim is in Kachim. I'm definitely not going to apply that anywhere else besides Kachim. Fine, very good. That's the Rabbonin. The halacha of Tam Ke'ikr is sold to me one place, if it's only told to be one place in Mishras, I apply it to Kola Kula. That's the Rabbana. Rabbi Akiva knows Tom Ke'ikr from Kashring Pots. He got to Mishras, he said, Hetim Mitzayar for Why didn't he apply that to Kola Kula? Because Eichatos had said it again. So, so So therefore, Hetim Mitzayar for only ends up uh, applying to Chatas and to Nazir. The Gemara finishes off. It says in a price, It says, whatever will be a great product, right? From the skins and the grape seeds, all these things are usher to another. This teaches us that all the different forms of the Isser Nazar combined, meaning another can't have a kazayas of wine, a kazayas of grape skins, or a kazayas of the seeds. What if he has a half kazayas of wine and a half kazayas of grape skins? Says the Brisa, it does combine one with another. It doesn't have to be a kazayas from one forbidden product. It could be a bunch of forbidden products together. If anything that comes from the grape together equal, amounts to a kazayas, the nazir is chayef. So the Gemara says, who is this Brisa? Hashem, Rabbi Kiva, Isser, Hatim, and Starfin. It's definitely not Rabbi Akiva, because Rabbi Akiva holds you don't even need, you don't even need two different types of Isser. You could have Isser and Hatter. Let's say I had a bread. The Nazar was eating his bread in dipping it in wine. And the total amount of the bread together with the wine was a Kazais. Rabbi Akiva said, you're Chai, but that's Hatim and Starfin, Isser. So Isser, Isser, Mibai. Is there any novelty that different types of Isser combine? Meaning, the Brisa is saying that if the Nazar had half a Kazais of grape skins and half a Kazais of uh, grape seeds, they combine. Well, Koshikin, if even Hatter is of course, Isser is Mitzar Must be the price is not Rabbi Akiva. Must be it's the Rabbanan who hold of Hatim Mitzar Flesser. And the price is telling us, but still, different forms of Isser do combine. So the Gemara says back, no, it's not true. Amalei Isser v'Hater v'Vasachas. It, this concept of hetter, iser, and hetter combining is only when you're eating them mamish together. And this is a very important principle for hetem and It's only true when you're eating them mamish together. So like the nazir, let's say, put his bread in the wine and the total amount was a kazayas and he eats it, he's chayef. But iser ve iser But the different types of isurim that they combine with another, that's a different form. I don't have to eat the grape seeds with the grape skin. So I eat half a kazayas of grape seed. And then pras, I eat another, another half a kazayas of the grape skins or grape seeds 
then I'm chayav because two isurim are combined with another even when they're not eating together. But the idea of hetar mistarf l'isur, which Rabbi Akiva is learning again, Rabbi Akiva's chiddush that it applies by nazir, so that's only. Um, that's only when your mom is uh, eating them together. Okay, so that's what comes out then. Now, by the way, so it comes out this whole machloik of Hatam Mestarfel Isser primarily only exists by Nazar. That's the prim- primary place where it makes a huge difference. Hatam Mestarfel Isser, that's where, according to Rabbi Akiva, I dip my, the bread and wine in the total manos gazayas or chayav, according to Rabban and your potter. Everybody agrees to Tom Ke'ikar Bechola Tarakula, depending on the source. But Hatam Mestarfel Isser is only according to Rabbi Akiva, not according to Rabban. There's one other machloik, which is the reason why we're learning all of this by Chomets. By Chomets also, we have such a case. We have Maybe a drasha from coal that we say had to misarf l'isur here as well, and you have the din of the mixture. You have the din of the mixtures uh, over here. Again, remember we learned yesterday. There's no kazais b'techeh pras for the for the cheese dip or for the beer, so on and so forth. So if maybe if you hold the had to misarf l'isur, it could be it's also the mixtures. There's one tana Rabbi Lezer who says that, and will be Rabbi Akiva as well, presumably. But uh, if if the rabbanon don't hold of it, there's no had to misarf l'isur, and therefore in our mishnah you do not have any lav to drink it. But what remains the mystery, and I'll, we'll close with this because there's a new Mishnah right here, is why in our Mishnah don't you have Tom Ke'ikr? That's, that's a little bit of a, of a problem that the Gemara doesn't really address. In our case, in our Mishnah, you would think that maybe there could have been a Tom Ke'ikr applied to the cheese dip or to the beer, which the Gemara doesn't directly, directly address. Okay, because remember, the, 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 the big machlok is a Hetzer Mestarfel Eser would be something like where you eat a Kazayas, of the hetter with the iser. So is there no kezayas? Maybe, is that the point over here? That maybe there's no, there, there, there for, I mean, in a case where you're not getting tom, you understand it. But in any case where there's also tom that's transferring, you would expect there to be a din of tom ke'ikr, but it's kind of left out of the Mishnah. And we've shown him here, uh, grapple with it. So it seems to be that they're saying there's no, there's no laugh. And that's why it's a struggle. Because if they don't know that the Mishnah of there's no laugh. But the tom ke'ikr point is a little bit of a mystery. Why doesn't it apply? Why doesn't it apply? When does Tom Ke'ikar apply and when does it not? It gets a little bit complicated. When the grapes soak in the wine and the wine tastes like grapes, there we say the Rabbanan Aser, it's Tom Ke'ikar. So why in the Mishnah is the beer different than that case? The beer that has some barley in it, is there not a taste of barley? Like, is it, that's what's not so clear. Different uh, discussions here in the Rishonim about it. It ends up a little bit of a mystery why there's no Tom Ke'ikar for the Mishnah. Okay. Says the Mishnah, let's say you have some dough that's left in the cracks of the bowl. So you have to understand, old bowls have cracks, not our bowls beautifully made. So there are cracks, so there's literally leftover chametz in it. So do you have to get rid of it, or did it just become part of the bowl? That's the question the Mishnah is saying. It's very interesting. You could just say it became nullified. It's not a food anymore. It's part of the bowl. So image kazayas from If it's a kazayas in one place, so then what's the din? Chayv lavar. You do have to get rid of it. Imlo, but if it's not a kazayas, bottle maybe yuto. Then it's small, insignificant amount. It's just bottle, and we say it's part of the bowl as opposed to being its own entity. Very interesting halacha. So even though it's there, it's literally there. You see the dough. You could see the chametz. But the idea is that if it's insignificant amount, it's less than a kazayas, and it's there in the crack of the bowl. Then what is it? It's just part of the bowl. Very big chiddush. The same halacha is true for tumah. If you're makbid on the dough being there, meaning you'll take it out, then it's a chatzitza. It's no good. If you're, and that's no good for tefillah. You would have to take it out. But if you just want it to remain there, it functions exactly like it's a part of the bowl. Now, the problem with the mission, what does the mission mean? And so too, linyan tumah. By chametz, we said it depends on size, if it's a kazais. Then we say, and so too, linyan tumah, it depends if you care about it. Huh? 
So you don't, it doesn't matter on size. It depends if you care about it. So that the Gemara will address. It seems like there's a contradiction in the Mishnah. We say that the law of Tumah is exactly like the law of Chametz, but the law of Chametz depends on size and the law of Chatzitza depends whether or not you care if it's there. So we'll see that in the Gemara. The Gemara tomorrow will address that. But for us, the important point is there's an idea of Chametz that if it's in the bowl, and you and 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 you you see it just as a part of the bowl, then you do not have to get rid of it. Uh, it, it, it you don't have to. But if it's the size of a kazayas, then the Mishnah is saying it's too big and it's bottle. It, it cannot be bottle. You do have to get rid of it. So the Gemara teaches. The Mishnah is only talking about. It depends where. Now a bowl is a bunch of different areas. A bowl could have a base where the water goes in, and like literally, you know, like anything could seep out if there's a tiny crack. So there's, there could be the base, then there could be the sides of a bowl where like some kneading could take place, but the water itself is not it. And then there's like the top of the bowl, you know, like the lid, where like it literally isn't so important. The dough is, doesn't even reach that high. You know, there's really a, almost three different locations on a bowl. So the Rav Yudar Marshmul is saying that our mission is only talking about Makam Sha'in also Lechazik. It's not the place where the water is held, meaning it's, it's not the very bottom base of the bowl. That's where you have to get rid of it if it's a Kazayas. If it's on the mamish, the bottom base of the bowl, and the crack, the water would mamish seep out if the, if it wasn't sealed up with the dough. Then you don't have to get rid of it, despite the fact that it's a kazayas of chametz. What's the pshat? The pshat is let it be a kazayas, let it be a significant amount. But since it's functioning in the essential needs of the bowl. So then it's part of the bowl and let it be a kazayas. So we're saying an interesting var. When it's on the bottom of the base, even if it is a kazayas, you could leave it there. When it's not so essential, just it's in a crack, but it, it, it's a part of the bowl, but not so in such an essential part. There we say, if it's only if it's a small part, that you don't have to get rid of it. But if it's a kazayas, you have to get rid of it. And the Gemara infers, Maklau, according to this opinion, if it was less than a kazayas, even if it's not on the bottom of the base, you don't have to get rid of it. So that's the first lesson. The first lesson is saying, if it's on the bottom of the base, it's performing the essential thing, then even if it's a kazayas, you don't have to get rid of it. If it's on top of that, then it depends if it's a kazayas or not. Says the Gemara, the second version, some people teach this on the seifa. The seifa says, if it's not, if it's less than a kazayas, then it's bottle in its small amount. This that less than a kazayas, you don't have to get rid of. It's only if it's serving an essential point on the bottom base. If it's not serving an essential point of the bowl, it's not on the bottom. Even though it's less than a kazayas, you have to get rid of it. So this lesson is saying stringently, this leniency that the Mishnah was saying, the less than a kazais, you don't have to get rid of, is only when it's on the bottom base. But if it's not on the bottom base, even though it's less than a kazais, you have to get rid of it. And McLeod, the kazais, the inference, and according to this lesson, is that if it would be a kazais, even if it would be on the bottom base, still what would that lacha be? You'd have to get rid of it. So the second lesson is saying, there's no question if it's a kazais, you have to get rid of it no matter what it's doing. There's no way a kazais becomes bottled to the bull. If it's less than a kazais, then we can talk. If it's on the bottom of the base, then you don't have to get rid of it. But if it's on the top, it's not important. Uh, it's not performing such an essential thing. Then you have to get rid of it, even though it's less than a kazayis. That's what the two lishonos here. And to get the lumdus a little bit of the two lishonos, there's really two issues. There's one machlokas. If it's a kazayis, could something that's a kazayis become bottled to a bowl? And if it's serving an essential point of the bowl, very interesting question. And the second question is, if it's not serving an essential part of the bowl, but it's kind of just there in the crack, could it become bottle if it's less than a kazayis? Those are two independent issues that the two Lashonas are arguing about. 
So the Gemara says, Tanikla Shabbos, Kandla Shabbos. We have a, a Brysa which says like both. One Brysa says like one account, one Brysa says like another account. Tanikla Kama, one Brysa says like the first account. Basik, Shabbosit, Kareva, the dough that's in the cracks of the bowl. If it's in the place where it's very important, it's an essential on the base of the bowl. There's no problem with Chatzitza. Again, we'll revisit that tomorrow what this Chatzitza business is. They ain't over, but you're not, and you're not over on Pesach. With the dough that's on the bottom of the base, but Malcolm Shein also the chazik. But if it's not on the base, chotzei for over. But medvar mamurim when all these true bekazayis. When it's a kazayis, there it's true that when it's on the bottom of the base, it's fine, and when it's on top, it's a problem. I will palkos bekazayis, but less than bekazayis. I feel Malcolm Shein also the chazik. Even if it's not on the bottom, so that's like the first lashon, the, the lenient lashon. Even if it's a kazayas, if it's on the bottom, it's fine. And if it's not a kazayas, it could still be okay. Uh, it, it could still be okay despite the fact that it's not on the bottom. But then we have a contradictory b'risa, which says like the second lashon. The dough that's stuck in the crack of the bowl, if it's on the bottom of the base, it's over. If it's not in the bottom of the bowl, you are over. Says the price of when is this distinction true? But it's only true that when it's on the bottom of the bowl, it's okay if it's less than a kazayas. If it is a kazayas, even where it's also lechazik, so it says like the second lashon. If it is a kazayas, no matter where it is, it's always an issue. If it's less than a kazayas, it's only acceptable if it's on the bottom of the base, not where it's on the top. So what do I see? Contradiction between the two prices. So the Gemara is like, yeah, very nice. You have one price that says like one lashon, and one price that says like the other lashon. But the Gemara says kashina adadi. The Gemara doesn't like this. We don't like that. There's one price that says one way and says the price that says the other way. So the Gemara says Amar Avuna Sami kills me kamechamerti. You know what you do when you have a price? One is lenient, one's machmer. We don't know which one it is, so we just have to assume like the stringent, and we have to assume that the price that was lenient was just incorrect version, incorrect. Here's how Rashi explains. So we have to be machmer. Being machmer means like the second price that if it's kazais, no matter what, you got to get rid of it. Even if it's on the bottom, if it's less than a kazayis, then we make a distinction between the base and on top. Says the Gemara, no, it's not true. What, like, you can't deal with a machlokas tanon? I'll show you that this issue of a kuda kazayis become bottled to a bowl if it's serving an essential shimash of the bowl, it's really machlokas tanon. The Tanya says in a brisa, if bread is no longer like so good, it's like spoiling, chayv levar. You still have to get rid of it. Why? Why don't you say that maybe it's not considered food anymore, so it's not chametz? You still have to get rid of it. You're able to grind it up and make it into yeast. And this is the idea. The Torah says get rid of chametz and get rid of sa'ar. Sa'ar is like sourdough. Sourdough is power. It's not so edible. But what sourdough does is that it could, it could leaven other breads. And the Torah says you have to get rid of sa'ar. So if you have this... Pasha Isha, every spoiled bread could actually be used. Theoretically, a person can make it into some sort of sourdough yeast, and therefore that's its din. You have to get rid of it, else it being sa'ar. Okay, so even if the bread spoils, you still got to get rid of it. He says, yeah, that's only true if that's what your plan is. That's what it's all made for. It's designated to do that. It's sitting there, this moldy bread that you're saving around to turn into sourdough. That's where there's a din. It's chametz on Pesach. Let's say you have sourdough, big ball of sourdough, and it's hardened and gross and whatever it is. And you decide, you know what? Forget about using it for bread. You know what I'm going to use it for? I'm going to turn it into a chair. As soon as you're miyachid at yeshiva, you designated it for sitting, for sitting purposes, bought law, it becomes nullified, it loses its status of bread, and it automatically becomes a chair, and you don't have to get rid of it. So a very cool concept. We have a machlokas tanoim here. If you take sourdough and you designate it as a chair, is it, is it now something I don't have to get rid of? Tanakama says, no, I still have to get rid of it because it is really 
to be sa'ar. Shem Gamliel saying, but Shem Gamliel holds no, leniently. Once he designated to be a chair, then it's a chair. So, so too here. So, but first of all, the Gemara just establishes that it's a dispute. From the fact that Shimon Lazar was the one who was saying that when you turn it into a chair, you're Tanakama disagreed. He held, even if you designated it as a chair, it still is sourdough. You got to get rid of it. Alma Kasavar, what does the Tanakama hold? Tanakama was saying, since it's a significant size, the sourdough is a Kazayas, even if you nullify it and make it a chair, it doesn't become a chair. It's still sourdough. It's still sour. You might use it as a chair, but you still have to get rid of the Chametz. And Rab Shimon Malazar disagrees. He says, no, it could become a chair. So the Gemara is saying, that's the same Machlokas here. If you have a Kazayas of dough of, that, that became leaven, that stock onto the crack of a bowl, and it's, yeah, it's doing a great function on the bottom of the bowl, being Machazik, should become part of the bowl or not. So if you hold like the Shemun it becomes part of the bowl. Despite the fact that it's a Gazayas, it's fine. But if you hold like the Tanakama, it's not true. You can't just, same way you can't designate it as a chair, you can't designate this just to be part of the bowl. So if it's a Gazayas, according to the Tanakama, you'd always have to get rid of it. So very Gishmak, Rav Yosef has just shown us that the issue of a Gazayas becoming part of something else is a Machlokas Tanoim, and we don't have to say that one Bryce is incorrect. So very good. You showed me precedent for a dispute between the Tanoim about a Kazayas that your miyachid for some other thing could have become bottle. If you're miyachid for a chair, that's a machlokas tanam. So do here. If you have a kazayas on the bottom of the bowl, it's machlokas tanam. But pachas me kazayas me tartsis. There was another issue. Remember, there's really a second dispute between those two lashonos. If you have less than a kazayas and it's not serving such an essential purpose, it's not on the base of the bowl. Do you have to get rid of pachas me kazayas? One one version and one brisa said yes. And one Bryce has said no. So that you don't have any precedent for Machlokas Tanam. Again, the two Lashonas are arguing about two points. A Kazai is on the bottom if you have to get rid of, and Pachos Mikazai is that's not on the bottom if you have to get rid of. So you've shown precedent for the first issue. You haven't shown precedent for the second issue. So ultimately, we still have a contradiction in the prices about that second issue. Pachos Mikazai is that's not on the bottom of the bowl. Do you have to get rid of it? So the Gemara says, Allah Rabbi Shimon Both prices hold like Rabbi Shimon Meaning, if it's a Kazayas, we don't care as long as it's on the bottom of the bowl. Both prices hold like that. It all depends whether it's in the place where the kneading, where the dough might hit, or the place where the dough might not hit. So what the Gemara is actually doing is a little tricky, is dividing the bowl into three spots. The very bottom base, the middle part, like the walls where the dough might hit, that's called makam lisha, and then the very top, like the lid, where the dough doesn't even hit. So when it's on mamash, the bottom, the base, the, the only way that you don't have to get rid of it is because of the fact that it's becoming mamish part of the bowl. And there, even if it is a kazayas, even if it is a kazayas, you don't have to get rid of it like the Shemun That's what the first price was saying. The first price was saying that even if it's a kazayas, you don't have to get rid of it when it's, when it's on the bottom of the base. If it's not on the bottom of the base, then the first price was saying it depends. If it's, if it's, if it's less than a kazayas, you don't have to get rid of it. If it's a kazayas, you have to get rid of it. That first price I was talking about, that second part of the first price I was talking about, lisha. It might not be on the very bottom of the base, but it's at least on the walls in the place where the dough might hit. And the point of the Gemara is that it's serving somewhat of a function. It may not be on the bottom where it's essential not to have such a crack, but it's when it's on the walls in the place where the kneading takes place, where the, where the dough is, then it's serving somewhat of a shimash, not such a significant one, but at least if it's less than a kazayas and it's on the side where the dough will hit, we'll be okay with it. 
That was the first b'risa. The second b'risa doesn't dispute any of that. The second b'risa doesn't talk about if it'd be on the bottom of the base. The second b'risa would agree if on the bottom of the base, even if it's exiles, you don't have to get rid of it. The second b'risa is t- distinguishing between when it's on the sides of the walls and the lid. And that's where the second b'risa is saying like this. If it's on the sides of the wall, then it depends if it's a kazayas or not. But if it's on the lid, mamash the top, where the dough doesn't even hit, then even if it's less than a kazayas, you have to get rid of it because it's doing nothing at all. So in summary, all b'risas are in agreement to the following fact. If it's on the base, we hold like Rosh Hashim even if it's a kazayas, you don't have to get rid of it. If it's on the side of the walls, it depends if it's a kazayas or not. And if it's on the lid, even less than a kazayas, you, you have to get rid of because it's doing nothing for the bowl. So ultimately, the concepts that we're learning is that if it's doing nothing for the bowl, even less than a kazayas, you have to get rid of. If it's doing quasi for the bowl, it's like on the sides where it's not so necessary, but it does help, then we say it depends if it's a kazayas. And if it's on the bottom where it's so integral for the usage of the bowl, then even if it is a kazayas, you do not have to get rid of it. That's that's the lumdus that we're walking away with. Very, very interesting thing. And again, it happens to be that we know the Rabbana dispute from Elazar. They hold if it is a Kazayas, even if it's on the bottom, it does not work. Says the Gemara Maravashi, What do we mean, You could say maybe it means a crack on the outside, on the exterior of the bowl. So he says, no, you don't have to say that the crack is on the exterior. Even if it's just on the lip, the lip, like the very top, that's also considered uh, to be shaloba makam lisha, and even less than a kazayas, you have to get you have to get rid of. Says the gemara pshita. Of course, the dough's not on the top of the lip. So the gemara says, sometimes there's like a splatter. You might, like some of the dough might might reach there, and therefore less than a kazayas, you might be allowed to, to to say you don't have to get rid of kamashma. No, we don't we don't see that it's makam lisha. So if it's at the top of the lid, the lid of the bowl, if it's less even less than a kazayas, you have to get rid of. Says the Gemara, we What does it mean we pass That even if it's a kazayas of dough, but if it's nullified for some other purpose, then it, you don't have to get rid of it. So it's true if you're miyachid it as a chair, or we saw in our case, if it's on the bottom of the base of the, of the bowl, it becomes part of the bowl. Says the Gemara, is it true that we pass If you take this sa'ar, you've got the big bowl of sa- the, the big ball of sourdough. If you smear plaster over it, then it becomes a chair. Because by smearing plaster, you've done something that demonstrates this intent, and that is what turns it into a chair. So it sounds like talkin, lo talklo. It's only if you smear plaster, but not if you just mentally think that I'm going to sit on this ball of sourdough. So the Gemara says, yeah, you're right. It's a dispute. <laughs> it's a dispute. If you hold that we pass from the then you don't need to plaster it. But the opinion that was saying you have to plaster it held that we don't just simply pass him from the Lazar. Says the Gemara, you get the army, another version of Nachman Marav, we don't pass him like him. The only way that, that the ball of sourdough you don't have to get rid of is if you smear plaster over it. So ultimately, it ends in a dispute over here whether or not mental designation is enough to say, that uh, you don't have to get rid of it anymore, or if you have to do a mice of plastering it. Let's say I have two half zesim. I have two half zesim, and there's a little two half zesim of chametz, and there's a little bit of a strand of a dough that connects them. So remember, what did we learn? Certain parts of the bowl depends if it's a kazai. Certain parts of the bowl, like the sides of the bowl. So is this considered a kazai or not? It's two half zesim, but there's a little strand of dough running between them. So row and we see close. You know, if I take away the chud and it will take in with it, meaning I pull it by the strand and both have zesim move together with it. Chayv lavar, then it's considered a kazai. Vim lav. It just breaks apart and the two half zesim can't be together. And Chayv Lavar treated like two half zesim, which you do not, are not connected. Amar Ula, Loshanu Elabar, Ereva, this is all only by a bowl. Avo Babayas, if you have 
have two avzesim sitting around in a house, chayiv lavar, even if they're not connected by the strand of dough, if it's sitting on your house, you have to be mavaret. Now, the gemara doesn't mean stam that they're sitting on your dining room table. Of course, you have to get rid of a half like his eyes. There's no worse than when it's on the lid of the bowl. The gemara means even if, let's say, it's on the floor and it might be serving a quasi-purpose of like closing a hole in the floor. Even in such a case, if it's in a house, you have to get rid of half zesim. Two half zesim, you have to get rid of. Why? My Sometimes a person might come to move them. That's the point. When it's out in the open, it's not like in a bowl, you might come to pick up one and combine it together with the other one and they might come to be together. They wanted to know in Eretz Yisrael, what if one is upstairs and one is downstairs? One's in the house and one's on the porch. Or two houses, one inside of the other. In those cases, are we concerned that you're going to move the two half kazesim one to the other or not? Uh, and therefore, you have to get rid of them or not. And the Gemara says, Teku. So again, I can't emphasize this enough. The Gemara only means when the half kazais was performing some sort of function in the house. If it was just randomly sitting on your dining table, even less on half kazais wouldn't be worse than the lid. In the case where it's on the lid, you would have to get rid of it. The Gemara means even where it's doing something, a quasi thing, so you would say it's okay, it's bottle. But if there's two that are in your house, we're concerned you might move them together at some point during Pesach, and therefore you should get rid of them. Says the Gemara Tanar Abon on Apasha Isha, bread which spoils, Venisalachilas Adam. A person wouldn't eat it anymore. But a dog would eat it. It's metamatumas ochlim if it's the size of a kabeza. Meaning, if it was tame, you have a food that's tame. It's a, it's a kabeza, so it, it passes on tumma. Even if a person would no longer eat it, only a dog would eat it, what's the halacha? The tumma is still there. Because until it comes nifsalam echilas kelev, the tumma doesn't run away. But if it's truma, you're allowed to burn it with truma tamea on Arab Pesach. Because since it's not royal achilas adam, you're not ruining the truma in any way. Mishir Rabbi Nassan Omar, ain't a matama. No, it does not matama. According to Rabbi Nassan, once it loses the status of the person eating it, it's no longer considered to be a food item. It doesn't have Tomas Ochlam anymore. Come on, Azal Adetan, who does it go like that? What it says in the Mishnah, Kal Abba Taras. You said a big rule by Taras. Kul mi adam, anything that's fit is designated for a person to eat. Tame. It's Tame Achilas Kalev until it becomes that a dog wouldn't eat it if it, it's, it's, it still has Tomas. Come on, to look at Rabbi Nassan, because Rabbi Nassan holds, once a person wouldn't eat it, it loses the Tomas. So it's a dispute, and this permission was going now. Like Reb Nasan, Tanur Abanan, Arevos Avdanin. So these are the people that work with hides, and they used to have they used to put like flour on the hides. So it's, they used to have special bulls that were designated for the tanners, right? For the for the people working with the hides and the animal. If you put flour there, so Toshlo Shiyamim. If it's within the first three days that the flour is there, Chayv Lavar, it's still called flour. That's the question. When you're working with it, it becomes nasty, putrid, all the smells and everything. So for the first three days, it's still called food. This is all before the hides were there. You're just dealing with the fumes. So it's just the fumes that are there. So then we say that that distinction exists. But when I actually put the, the hides in it already, even if it's within three within three days, you don't have to get rid of it. What's the pshat? Because if it's within the three days, you don't have to get rid of it because once the hides are there, you've been mevatalit. That's the idea. If I just put the flour there, then it depends how bad the smell is. So within the first three days, it's still, it's still food. After three days, not. But once I've put the hide there, if I put the hide there, that's mevatal the flour. 
as soon as as soon as it's there, it's like being used together with the with the tanning process. So it's not considered to be food at all. Even within three days, you don't have to get rid of it. We paskin like that if you put the hide there, you don't have to get rid of it. Even if it was just there for one day, even just one hour. That's the point of the gemara. It could be one hour, but if I put the flower there, it's already it's if I put the hide there with the flower, then it's already considered to be a part of the hide. It's no longer considered to be a food item. It's totally bottle, and therefore you do not have to get rid of it. Oh.